Have you ever been so disappointed by a failure or a mistake that you weren't sure how you could ever keep going? Maybe you tried something new and it didn't work out the way you hoped, and then you struggled to figure out how to get back on your feet. I'm Ashley Chimey. Welcome to Mind Made Up. Today, we're exploring disappointment, what's happening when we feel it, and what you can do to rekindle your confidence and get back on track towards your goals. Before we get into this episode, I want to share that I have lost count of the number of disappointments I've had over the years since starting my business. Maybe that sounds discouraging at first, but I honestly wouldn't trade a single one for anything because each so-called failure has taught me so much more about myself, more about my community and what they want. And yeah, it has stung at times, but I've always gained new experience and insight that helps me do better next time. When I launched my very first course, I didn't sell a single copy for six months. And it was honestly heartbreaking at the time and kind of embarrassing too. I was in this headspace of, wow, I've wasted the past two months building this thing that nobody wants. What am I even doing? I just need to stop kidding myself and go back and get a job. That was the self-talk that was playing on repeat for several weeks. And I was just about to toss out the course entirely until a business friend of mine asked me to share it with her. And she worked through it and loved it. She went on and on about how branding finally made sense to her. She felt so much clearer about her business. She wanted to work through it again each year to refresh her brand. And that gave me some fresh confidence in the course. So I decided to try promoting it another way. And now hundreds of students have been through Brand with a Plan from across all kinds of industries. Many of them have become one-on-one clients. And this was one of my biggest failures in my first year or so of business, but now it's one of my biggest successes. And none of that seemed even remotely possible in those first six months. I truly felt like I had just wasted my time. And having to work through that challenge and really slow down and figure it out, figure out how to sell it, taught me lessons about selling that I never would have learned without first experiencing that failure and disappointment. It taught me that before creating a new offer, I needed to think through how I was going to market it, how I was going to sell it, and how I was going to talk about it so that I could design it to fit the way I wanted to sell. And this experience gave me so much compassion for others going through similar disappointments and letdowns, and it's helped me really hold a healing space for people when things don't go the way they hoped in their business and in their life, and this is an inevitable part of everybody's journey. So let's talk about what's really going on when we're disappointed. When we get excited about something that we hope might happen, and it can be extremely motivating to tell ourselves, I'll be so happy, fulfilled, relieved, accepted, proud of myself when X or Y or Z happens. This is a double-edged sword because telling ourselves this story, I'll feel X when Y happens, can be an effective way of motivating ourselves to take action we may not necessarily enjoy. Dopamine is secreted in our brains in anticipation of experiencing the desired outcome, but we're essentially training ourselves 
to think that the only way we can feel those things that we want to feel is if we achieve that goal. And when that outcome doesn't arrive, or it doesn't arrive in the way that we're expecting, or in the timeline we're expecting, we experience a dopamine withdrawal, meaning we experience disappointment. We feel a sense of loss because I thought I'd get to feel a certain way and now I can't. There's no other way to feel how I want to feel. So let's talk about how we can pick ourselves back up when we're in a disappointment crash and how we can set ourselves up for a smoother experience next time. The first step is to accept this feeling and acknowledge that it's temporary. Emotions come and emotions go. And even if you're feeling a dopamine withdrawal or disappointment right now, the feeling will fade soon enough. For now, give yourself compassion. Offer kind words to yourself. I know you're disappointed. I know this is hard to accept. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I know that it's uncomfortable, but I'm here for you and I love you. Give yourself that kindness, the same kindness you would offer to a friend who's going through disappointment, and offer yourself time and space for the feeling to pass. I promise it will. feeling softens, you're ready to look objectively at what happened and do a bit of forensic analysis. The saying goes that you only ever fail if you fail to learn. There are valuable lessons to be found in our disappointments that can help us succeed next time. If we never take the time to process and come to terms with our disappointment and identify what went wrong, we'll carry around unhelpful stories for years possibly. Stories like, I'm just not qualified enough to succeed at this, or people just don't like me. And instead, you want to think critically and ask yourself, were there actions I could have taken to improve my odds of success? What was within my control that I didn't fully take advantage of? Maybe I could have handled some things differently. Maybe there were steps I skipped or half-assed. Acknowledging the role that we played in the outcome or didn't play in the outcome gives us our power back. We're more able to see I can get a different result when I show up differently next time. So really doing that self-reflection and asking, where did I cut corners? Where did I make compromises? Where did I skip steps? This is an important part of analyzing what went wrong so that you can do something different next time. You also want to ask yourself, Was this result more outside of my control than I realized at the time? Were there more factors in play than I was really acknowledging? When we set up expectations that rely on other people showing up and behaving a certain way, or forces outside of ourselves unfolding in a certain way, those expectations can leave us with what author Christine Hassler calls an expectation hangover. Instead, try setting intentions for yourself and how you are going to show up. One clear example of this is when I've worked with clients preparing for difficult conversations with important people in their lives. On one occasion, my client had identified a persistent pattern 
in the way that someone in her life had interacted with her, and she was dreading seeing that pattern play out again, just like it had for years. But she needed to have an important conversation with this person. What we identified in our session was that so much of what she was dreading about this conversation was all about how this person was going to choose to respond, and that was completely outside of her control. So instead, we focused on identifying intentions she could hold for herself, how she wanted to show up for the conversation, how she wanted to carry herself and interact with this person, and how she planned to respond when things went sideways. And setting those clear intentions for herself gave her so much peace and a sense of acceptance that she had handled her side of the equation and the rest was up to this other person. And the conversation went so much better because her focus was solely on showing up in the most graceful, kind, and intentional way she could. This is such a wise and courageous way to enter any situation with a real sense of acceptance of the outcome and of other people to be where they're at in their own journeys. And so I really encourage you to look at how you can apply this to your own path. If you're writing a book, you can't force publishers to love your story, right? You can't force any readers to buy it, but you can set and hold the intention that you will show up to write. You'll dig deep within yourself and you'll write with passion and perspective. You can show up with the intention of becoming a better writer through the experience. If you're launching a new offer in your business, you can't control how many people will buy from you, but you can set and hold the intention to design your offer for lasting impact, to stay curious and learn from the experience, You can set the intention to share openly and honestly about how your offer can serve your customers, and you can plan on handling any sales conversations with care and integrity. This is a very emotionally mature approach to any situation in your life because it shows that you recognize that not everything is within your control and that there is incredible value to be had in your own personal growth and evolution. Now, as you become more practiced in your business, as you publish more books, whatever it is that you are learning how to do, of course, you're going to develop clear, specific, quantifiable goals. Once you've launched an offer two or three or four or five times, you're going to start getting a lot of data about what to expect. And you'll start seeing, if I do A, B, and C, generally, I can expect X, Y, and Z results. And when you have an honest idea of what you expect, it's much easier to manage your expectations, but don't set expectations before you know what to expect. Because going into a brand new experience with expectations that depend on other people responding in a certain way is a recipe for disappointment. Instead, try setting intentions for yourself, how you are going to show up. Show up with the intention that you'll learn something new, that you'll challenge yourself, that you'll stick to your values, that you'll put yourself out there in a new way and expand your comfort zone. Those are all valuable results and they're entirely up to you. It's so important to consider whether your goal was actually realistic in the first place. 
So in the next episode, we'll talk more about setting realistic goals that actually improve your performance. The point of this exercise is to find those useful lessons that you can apply to get a different result next time. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll take a moment to leave a review. If you've already done so, thank you so much. It means the world to me. Like I said, in the next episode, we'll be talking about why our goals can actually set us up for failure and disappointment and how to set better goals that position you for success and actually help you improve performance, grow your skills, and maintain momentum towards your dreams. I'll see you there.